Good morning, beautiful people of God. You're listening to Sunrise with Shona on Hot 1027, and it's really good to be back with you again this morning. I hope that you're well. I hope you've had a good week. And of course, we are in December, so this is the first Sunday in December, and I hope you have an excellent December. I also just want to remind you that this is the second Sunday, so it is Advent, the second Sunday in Advent, and that means there are only two more Sundays before Christmas after this one. Last week, I spoke about how Advent was the ushering in of something new, a new beginning, and we looked at what that new beginning could mean and how we prepare ourselves to receive Christ anew on Christmas Day. Today, we're going to be looking at John the Baptist, ushering in this new age that, of course, was through Jesus Christ and the work he did as the Messiah, as the Savior of the world. But John was instrumental in preparing people for the Messiah. Now I'm wondering, as I think of John the Baptist and as I think of Jesus, I'm wondering if you look back on your life and you look at when things changed. I'm wondering if you, like me, sometimes experience something that at the time you think is completely insignificant, and yet it turns out to be the very thing that changes the course of history for you, that changes the course of your life, that completely um, causes a transformation in your life. It could be a chance meeting of someone. It could be an illness. It could be changing cities. It could be an accident. It could be a near-death experience. But this thing at the time, while it might be big, you don't think it's that significant. But when you look back, that is the very thing that changed the course of history for you in your life. And when I think of John the Baptist and I think of Elizabeth carrying him and her joy at carrying this child, when I even think of Jesus, I don't think that John particularly knew the role he was playing and the massive transition that would happen and that a new religion would be formed. We need to remember that both Jesus and John were Jewish and remained Jewish till the day they died. And they did not expect a whole new religion to come out of the work that they were doing. Jesus was a fulfillment of the law and he thought everyone would remain Jewish. But of course, people broke away from the Jewish faith and there were Gentiles added to that and a whole new world religion was formed. And that world religion is what we call Christianity. And as a Christian, I have to say that it wasn't always positive in the world. It's always good for people who believe in Christ, obviously. As a Christian, um, I know that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. But we did do some harm as Christians, and we did kill some people. And one has to look at the Crusades and, play, and things like that to see um, that many, many people have been killed in the name of God across the board. Now, I think of Elizabeth carrying this child, and I'm sure she had no idea um, of what was coming and what he would achieve. And when I think of carrying my own children, I think what we need to remember is the impact that one person can have. And so I think it's very important for us as moms, as parents, moms and dads, caregivers, to pray for children and to pray for ourselves and to recognize the enormous impact we can have on people's lives, to recognize that we all have the opportunity to make a positive difference in the lives of those around us and to bring about tremendous change. So who was John the Baptist? I'm going to look at that at a moment, but first on the Mighty Hot 1027, when a child is born. When a child is born on the Mighty Hot 1027, good morning, you're listening to Sunrise with Shona. This morning, the second Sunday in Advent, we are looking at John the Baptist. And apart from Jesus Christ, I believe, John the Baptist was probably the most significant theological figure of the Gospels. 
If we look at the whole of the New Testament, Paul was also a fairly significant figure. But if we look at just the Gospels, John the Baptist was probably the next most significant theological figure after Jesus. As was the case of Jesus, his birth was meticulously recorded. And so I'm going to read to you from Luke 1, verse 5. At the time of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly division. His wife Elizabeth was also a descendant of Aaron. Both of them were righteous in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commands and decrees blamelessly. But they were childless because Elizabeth was not able to conceive, and they were both old. Once, when Zechariah's division was on duty and he was serving as a priest before God, he was chosen by Lot, and I find that interesting, that they drew lots to see which priest would go in. And according to the custom of the priesthood, he went into the temple to burn the incense. At the time for the burning of the incense, all the assembled worshippers were praying outside, and an angel of the Lord appeared to Zechariah, standing at the right side of the altar. When Zechariah saw him, he was startled and was gripped with fear, but the angel said, Do not be afraid. Your prayers have been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you are to call him John. He will be a delight and a joy to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord, and he's never to take wine, and there were a whole lot of instructions. And he said, and the angel continued and said, and he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and the power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. So there's that instruction that John would come and he would be the one who would pave the way for Jesus. Zechariah, of course, questions the angels and says, how can this be? I'm an old man. And the angel says, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God. And I've been sent to speak to you and to tell you the good news. But because you doubted me, you're not going to speak until this happens. And meanwhile, the people are waiting for Zechariah outside, wondering why he's so long in the temple. And when he comes out and he couldn't speak, they realized he must have seen a vision, also because of the signs he kept making. And when his time of the service was completed, he went home. His wife Elizabeth became pregnant, and for five months she remained in seclusion. And she said, the Lord has done this for me. In these days, he has shown me his favor and taken away my disgrace among the people. So that was the foretelling, if you like, Gabriel announcing that John the Baptist would be born. And then, of course, we have John's entrance into the world, and it's marked by another miracle because his father regains his speech, and he can talk, and he um, is named John. They first argue with Elizabeth. The people around and say, no, you can't name him John. But Zachariah says, no, his name is John. He writes it down so that they can see. Now, John's birth not only parallels Jesus's, but it echoes the birth of Isaac to Abraham and Sarah. John lived out his formative years in the desert, relatively unknown in obscurity. But when he began his public ministry, we believe he ended nearly 400 years of prophetic silence. Certainly nearly 400 years of recorded prophetic silence. John was the fulfillment of the prophecy we read about in Isaiah, the one, the voice crying out in the wilderness, prepare the way for the coming of the Messiah. John, for me, linked the Old Testament to the New Testament. He was the one who ushered in this new age by straddling the two worlds, the old and the new. He was truly a transitional figure. His ministry, some might say, marked the culmination of the law and the prophets and the inbreaking of God into the world. And I love that word, God broke through into the world. And his ministry, John's ministry, marked the inbreaking of the kingdom of God, the coming of the kingdom of God through Jesus. 
John is part of the Old and the New Testament. He is a strange figure, crying out in the desert, wearing extremely uncomfortable clothes, camel hair clothes. Anyone who's ridden a camel, I did in Dubai when I visited my brother, their fur is not nice, their hair is not nice. I wouldn't like to wear clothes made out of camel's hair. And of course he ate wild honey and locusts, and he called for a season of repentance. In Matthew 3 verse 2, he shouts out, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. And to those who responded, he baptized with water, hence the name John the Baptist. And his lifestyle was an austere lifestyle, and his message was clear. Repent, because judgment is at hand. And he speaks about how the axe is about to fall on the roots of all who don't repent. Now, one of the things I did find interesting as I was looking at John and Jesus is that John didn't go out looking for people. People came to John. Jesus took his ministry out all over the place. So John's ministry was very, fairly localized, except for people came from all over to him, whereas Jesus went out to the people. Just an interesting distinction to note. More on this in a moment, but first on the Mighty Hot 1027, Be still, for the presence of the Lord, the Holy One, is here. And of course we are preparing to receive the Holy One afresh and anew on Christmas Day. Enjoy. Be still, for the presence of the Lord, the Holy One, is near on the Mighty Hot 1027. Good morning, this is Reverend Shona from St. Mark's Anglican Church, and it's good to be with you if you've just joined us. As I said, this is the second Sunday of Advent, and we're looking at John the Baptist. The strange figure, living in austere conditions, um, wearing camel hair clothing, eating wild honey and locusts, and he's living in the desert. So it's not a, a wonderful, luxurious life that he's living. He is Jesus's cousin, and he's ushering in the new age, preparing the way for the new age that will come through Jesus, straddling the old and the new. What was John like, I wonder? He certainly wasn't a crowd pleaser, but actually neither was Jesus. But because he wasn't a crowd pleaser, um, that's what got him killed. He refused to accept the hypocrisy of the religious establishment of the day or um, the behavior of Herod, and he refused to recant what he had said about Herod. And so he wasn't liked for that at all, and he did up, end up being killed for that. John also expressly denied that he was the Messiah. So when people try to say, you are the Messiah or make him the Messiah, he certainly denied it completely and absolutely. He never claimed to be something that he wasn't. He accepted his subordinate role to Jesus. John himself said Jesus was greater and that Jesus had a more powerful ministry and baptism than he, John, had. And when his disciples asked to leave or go off after Jesus, he allowed them to go to Jesus, especially after he was arrested. So he didn't mind if people then went and followed Jesus because he knew who Jesus was. John was also human, and when he was in prison and facing his own death, he began to question and to doubt if Jesus was the Messiah. And that's a fairly human thing to do. And I'm, I'm almost relieved in a way to read that about John because as a human being, we sometimes do doubt and wonder. What do I learn from John? Life is not always easy. His life certainly was not easy. He spoke the truth as he saw it and he stood up to the establishment. He preached and he lived repentance, being ready for the Messiah to come. He did not want all the glory for himself or pretend to be something he wasn't. He knew who he was and he knew his limitations and he was prepared to step down and make way for Jesus. And like most of us, perhaps all of us, he had moments of doubt and questioning. In terms of Advent, which I believe is a season of preparing 
to receive Christ anew on Christmas Day, as I've said, I believe there is a lot we can learn from John the Baptist. Maybe we've desired positions or we've expected authority that we haven't been given, and we need to accept that we are here to fulfill God's will and to do only what God asks us to do. There are also times when we need to step down and allow someone else to move forward, and we need to do that with grace, just as John the Baptist did, and allow that person then to move in and do what they need to do. Particularly when we retire, I think we struggle with that. And we want to continue to have that same authority that we had before, that same respect we had before. And we need to understand that there's a time for everything. And sometimes there's a time to step back or step down and allow someone else to move forward. I don't think that we should ever doubt our impact on the world. All of us have an impact. John probably had no idea, as I said, of the impact he would have on the future of the world. All of us make a difference. And when I think about this, I often think of a pebble in a pond and the ripples that go out. Um, and they spread out through the whole of that pond, no matter how big the pebble is that we throw in. And we have that impact on other people. And when I go to retirement villages and people tell me I'm useless, I don't know why I'm here, what am I doing here? I always say you can still pray. Intercessory prayer is the powerhouse of our lives. So please spend your time praying for all of us, praying for the country, praying for the world. And so we need to understand all of us at all times can do something. And perhaps one of the most important things we can do is pray. So as we prepare to receive Jesus anew, let us repent and live that out. Let us recognize the hope of the second coming, the hope of Christmas, the ushering in of a new era. Let us celebrate our life with Jesus and the gift of Jesus and the gift of our lives. Don't take our lives for granted. Don't take Jesus for granted. Thank God for our lives and thank God that we are used by God in this world as tools in God's hands. We can think of that prayer of Jabez, Lord, expand my territory. And God does when we are faithful to God. And God might give us small things first, but when we're faithful in the small things, God gives us bigger and bigger things to do as God expands our territory so that we all have an impact. Every single one of us is important, important to God and important for the world. We may not be John the Baptist, but we can all, when we live in a new way, influence those around us and influence our communities for the better. And let us not forget that we're living in in-between times. We've had the time of salvation through Jesus, but it's also the time of not yet, as the kingdom has not yet fully come has not been fully completed and fulfilled. So we need to live in hope and expectation of the second coming and know we live in in-between times. And then we have the challenge to look at the meaning of what we learn from John, of what we learn from Jesus when he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and how we then import that into our lives and live in such a way that we live out God's kingdom here and now on earth. I pray that God may bless you I pray that your Advent journey is going well. I thank you so much for listening this morning. And if you need to get hold of me, you can on Shona at hot1027.co.za. May you have a blessed week. To wrap up this morning, first seek ye first the kingdom of God and let the Son of God enfold you. Enjoy. <music>